Welcome to Development Insights by Choice Hotels Canada, the podcast where we discuss the topics currently facing our franchisees and the hospitality industry at large. I'm Sasha Rafanian, and I'm joined by Katie McDonald-Serna, our Director of Loyalty and Customer Engagement. How are you, Katie? I'm great. Thank you so much, Sasha, for having me. Very happy to have you. Now, many hoteliers will tell you that repeat clientele are the backbone of their business, especially business travelers who are in town often. That's why loyalty and rewards programs are a powerful tool for ensuring that once a guest visits your hotel, they keep coming back. We'll be discussing this topic with our guest, founder and president of Loyalty & Co, Steve Allman. Steve is a veteran of the loyalty industry. During his long career, he's built countless strategic alliances in a variety of sectors and held executive positions with companies such as Amia Canada, Aeroplan, the Hudson's Bay Company, and Loyalty One. How are you, Steve? I'm great, Sasha. Yourself? Good. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on today. Of course. I guess just to get started, why should loyalty be a priority for hoteliers? Listen, from every industry, from every category, loyalty is always important. For hoteliers, I think it's even more important. It's a price game, right? So what are people looking at? They're looking at the price of the room, the location of the room, the view of the room, where the hotel's located. Loyalty in itself gives an opportunity for the company to communicate with their best customers, reward their best customers, uh, upgrade their best customers, or at least make sure that they're aware of all the great things happening in a, in a program at a hotel location. It's particularly important in coming out of the pandemic because loyalty is going to be a core differentiator to get people back into your properties, heads in beds, as Katie likes to tell me all the time, and, and communicate with them and remind them, again, why this property over another property. So loyalty is core. It's what our business is built on. Katie, what are your thoughts? Agree or disagree? No, I have to 100% agree with that. Um, we want to we wanna create this relationship with our members and with our guests so that they can come back to us and we need to treat them like family and they so that they want to return. Well, family that we choose. And it's important that we show them and appreciate them each and every visit because they really can choose from a variety of other people. And the fact that they chose our brands and our hotels is something that we should uh, be very thankful for. Definitely. Now. What kind of travelers do loyalty programs attract? Who is most going to see that as a differentiating factor between you and your competition? I think it attracts a variety of people, to be honest with you. You have you have the people who are very, very savvy when it comes to earning their points and being able to make the best out of their stay from a, from a rate perspective as well as experience. But, you know, from a family of four to a savvy business traveler, loyalty programs really do appeal to anyone who wants to showcase value in what they're doing each and every time they stay with you. So I can't say that there's one particular person, but I do think it's across the board. If you want to uh, showcase that your dollar is being stretched to the most effective ability, you, you definitely want to join a loyalty program and see what benefits it affords you. I think what I'd add, Sasha, is kind of going back to your first question, you know, why is loyalty a priority? So if you think about the business traveler, we're all thinking business travel is going to come back eventually, uh, but it's going to change. It's going to change dramatically. Less people will be doing the one day trip to do one meeting in Calgary. They'll be doing it virtually. So historically, the frequent travelers are the business travelers. They're the people, the road warriors, but you got a real mix of the business traveler, whether that's a 
you know, uh, uh, somebody who's working on a contract somewhere in Fort McMurray or somebody who's traveling to Vancouver or somebody who's traveling to Halifax, whatever it might be. They might they may not always be your most loyal customers, but they may be your most frequent. And so you're probably saying, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, there's a big difference between loyalty, rewards and frequency. When you think about loyalty, I'm loyal to you because I've chosen you. A business traveler may have it as part of their corporate policy, or it might be, again, site-specific. It might be the right location. You still want to get them into your program because what you're trying to do is take that, that business traveler and make them leisure. You're also trying to get that leisure traveler and potentially get their business travel if they have it. But it's a very, very different mindset. When you're traveling with kids, what's the most important thing to you? Free breakfast and a pool. When you're traveling on business, what's the most important thing to you? Free breakfast, probably not the pool, but good Wi-Fi. So how do you kind of balance all those things out? Really depends on what you want to do. But if you don't know who they are, you can't talk to them about all the great things that you do. I'm stealing a little bit from a gentleman I used to work with. But he always talked to me that you can have the best rewards program without loyalty. And you can have a great loyalty program without rewards. So, so here's what I mean. So if you think about, you know, a coffee program, it's a good reward. I get a free coffee. Am I really loyal to Tim's or Starbucks? Maybe, but it's not loyalty in the same way. I'm just kind of, it's like that punch card mentality. I'm just getting something, but I, I have to actually do a behavior to get it. Loyalty, on the other hand, might be something very different. I'm very loyal to my local dry cleaner. Why? Because I know I get good service, good price, and she knows exactly how I like my shirts dry cleaned. There's no reward. It's just loyalty. So this is a big difference. Where it becomes magic is when you build loyalty with rewards that really works for the right segments. That gets really exciting. And that's what we try to do with anything. Well, I think you're 100% right on that one, Steve, because sometimes we're loyal to brands and there's not even a rational explanation for it. It's just you, you're loyal to it because of whatever it makes you feel. And it always goes back to that feeling. If you don't feel the trust and you don't feel that relationship, it's very difficult to, to create that loyalty. Absolutely. And I guess to a hotelier on the front lines, what can they do on their level to build that loyalty? I think it's two things, uh, you know, recognize and reward. And what I mean by that is recognize. So some organizations in your sector, in your industry, do a really good job of recognizing their best customers, whether it's separate check-in, front of the line, whatever it might be. Even just saying thank you, thank you for being a member. It's such a small thing. It's such a small thing. If somebody doesn't, isn't a member, ask them. It's free to join. And it takes literally, it should literally take seconds to do but the reminder and the recognition is really core. We're all human beings. We all want to be acknowledged for the great things that we do. And we want to be recognized for our own loyalty. So if I am loyal and you don't recognize it, that may do more to change my opinion than just a very simple acknowledgement and an ask. And, and if they understand that consumers have a choice, a huge choice. And if they're rewarded for staying with my property, they're going to keep coming back. And particularly in the structure of choice, where you've got owners of the locations and you've got frontline staff, possibly high turnover at frontline, but you've still got 
a great opportunity to educate and really build that trust factor. It's a simple thing. Thank you for being a member of Choice Privileges. Thank you for staying with our property. Please come back. Now, I have a story that I think maybe Steve even told me when it came to loyalty. So if, if I'm stealing from you, Steve, thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you. Um, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, it's a story about from years ago and when, when loyalty wasn't as analyzed and thought through as it is now, but talking about a gas station when it was full service and how um, many years ago people would pull in, uh, they'd pay the extra to be able to have that full service opportunity and the person would know them by name and people would always go, how do I know? You don't frequent us as often, but little tricks of the trade. For example, they would write the name of the person inside the part of the, of the gas cap and so they would say, hello, Mr. Almond, good to see you again. Now, I'm not advocating that we write things all over people's property. However, what a differentiator it was when you pull up and they were like, oh, Sasha's here to put gas in the car. Take care of that for you right away. And just to feel special, I think we're in, we're in a world right now after all that we've been through is you, you think about numbers and are, am I just a number? But to have that acknowledgement made such a big difference even back then. So Imagine now that with all the data and analytics and things that we have at our disposal to be able to really take it to the next level to make someone feel and build that loyalty with our brands. I'm not going to take any credit for that story, Katie, but it's a great story. But but Sasha, I'll give you another twist on it. And I and I like to refer to it as the cheers theory. So if anybody ever watched cheers growing up, uh, one gentleman would walk into the bar and everybody knew his name. And that was the whole theme of it. There was no swipe card. There was no mobile app. There was no label on anything. He walked in and it was Norm and he sat down and they knew exactly what he wanted. That to me is the definition of an experiential loyalty program. Now it's tough to do when you've got a million customers or 2 million customers coming in, but with technology and capabilities and just the simple ability to do little things again, like say, thank you. There's no difference from that than yelling out the person's name every time they come into the hotel. And I'm not sure you want to do that, but that to me is truly a loyalty program. And the reward for Norm was beer. Absolutely. That's a very good example. I guess sort of the flip side to building loyalty, what do you think are the common pain points when it comes to trying to build that loyalty? Uh, complexity and friction. And, and what I mean by complexity and friction is the complexity of making it hard to sign up, making it hard to understand, making it hard to earn, making it complicated to earn, making it complicated to redeem. Make it easy for the member, whatever, whatever that transpires to, make it easy. The other part is a lack of engagement. And again, if, if I walk into a property and there was no signage, there was no acknowledgement, there was nothing, the members have got a lot on their mind, especially a business traveler. Think about a business traveler. Their flight was late, their cab was expensive, the lunch was terrible, and their client's mad at them. The last thing they're going to be thinking about is, did I earn any choice privileges rewards? So you've always got to be thinking about the dynamics of the consumer or the mother, father, and three kids coming in who just drove for four hours and dad's ready to lose it. And so, you know, you've just got to balance out emotion. So it's just removing the friction and removing the requirement. We built our business in loyalty on plastic cards and swipe. New mm -hmm. capabilities mean that you can move away from plastic cards and plastic swipe and put it into a mobile app, put it into uh, some kind of digital experience, but it's still got to work. And if it doesn't work, away you go. And it's very hard to bring that customer back after they do experience the challenges, right? So to, I totally agree with Steve. Facility is, is so key. I know myself, you know, a simple example of even surveys. If it's over four minutes, I'm out. 
just because there's, you know, click here, push there, do this. And so again, as, as the parent with the child who will be, are you there yet? It's a, it's crucial that everything is seamless because that's the piece that you need at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, and I like to put it in the, in the, really in the, the sort of world of the consumer. And if you think about it, there are loyalty programs out there that make it so difficult to earn. It takes a long time. We always talk in, in our industry about the, the time to first redemption is the moment of truth. And if a consumer is earning, 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 and, you know, there used to be a theory about other programs. It took me so long to earn. I didn't have enough to redeem for a can of corn or something like that. If you make it too easy to earn, then it's not profitable. So there's a little bit of a, of a dimensional shift, a dimension between the member and the program. If it's too profitable for the member, it's likely too expensive for the program. And if it's too profitable for the program, it's likely not aspirational or, or engaging enough for the member. So there has to be a balance, but there are some other ways that we can engage them a little bit earlier with mm-hmm. some lower cost redemption, some Starbucks cards or fuel cards or other things that you can do. Every program will tell you, Sasha, the second somebody redeems, they're engaged. And once they're engaged, now you got to get them to the next redemption. And once they've redeemed again, you got to get them to the next redemption. And it's always that circle. Always get them to earn, burn, earn, burn all the way along, but don't make it really hard for them because they'll disengage and they'll go down the street to one of your competitors. Well, and to your point, Steve, if I have to pull out a calculator to figure out how many points I'm going to be getting, then I'm out as well. You know, as long as you know, this is, you know, this action results in this um, final result. And this is how many points I'll be receiving. So crystal clear when it comes to that. And then you know what your opportunities are and what's available to you through the program that you have in place as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing you guys have alluded to is that now versus 10, 15 years ago, there's so many more avenues, you know, your apps, your websites, uh, social media, I guess, what would you say are the biggest trends in loyalty right now? You know, it's, it's a really tough question. And, and the reason I say it's a tough question is because it's a complicated question. What we're seeing in loyalty, and I have I wear a couple different hats, but within the hotel and hospitality industry, everything about loyalty is about re-engagement, getting people out of their cocoons of COVID and into traveling again. And so the biggest trends are going to be about not necessarily earn rate and redeem, but the experience of safety you know, making sure that you've got respect of distancing and all the other things that go along and great Wi-Fi. In other sectors, it's different, but personalization is key. So how do I talk to Katie versus Sasha versus Steve? We're all traveling, we're all staying in your property, but we've all got very different uh, perspectives. How do I create a digital platform that's very different? Again, loyalty programs for 30 years, for years and years and years, we built the premise on show your card and swipe it, show your card and swipe it. So all the marketers were building loyalty around getting the card in wallet. I don't know about you, but most people I know don't carry a wallet anymore. Everything's on the phone. It gets buried into an app. So now how do you create loyalty to the brand and to the program through apps? Disintermediators or aggregators who are out there, the OTAs, the digital wallets, they're all stealing brand time, FaceTime, and data from your customers. So doing more and more to more to capture that member, but also doing less to just make it a 
earn, burn, earn, burn. So the life, the experience, the emotional bonds that you get from a customer. Loyalty is going more to an engagement program than it is to a rewards program. And I think that's really core for everything that you're doing. Well, and dovetailing on, on what you're saying, Steve, uh, money can't buy experiences. Being able to offer your members something that they think they can't get any other way only through your program is key. Whether it's a meet and greet with a hockey player, whether it's tickets to a concert that no one else can get, but you can get it off of your platform, huge in loyalty right now. How can we make experiences that are above and beyond people's expectations? That's one thing I've seen a lot of in the past, I would say, five to six years. Yeah. The other thing that I'll throw out at you, and this is more from a business standpoint than anything else. And, and I've heard about it three times today. That tells me that it's a hot topic. It's, it's what I'm going to call cooperation. And I know it's something Katie and I talk about all the time. A standalone loyalty program can only do so much to drive true loyalty because it's one purchase. So cooperation amongst programs, sharing of data, sharing of rewards, sharing of benefits, not a single currency, but multiple programs all working together. So I would give you three examples, a real world example, a hotel chain with a fuel retailer with a dining chain. So assuming the hotel chain may not have dining on staff or you know 24 seven, whatever else. So how could you actually create an engagement approach where you're sharing the benefits, rewarding your customers, giving them something that you can't give them, but still maintaining that one-to-one communication with them. That's all possible now because of technology capabilities, but it's also possible because consumers are demanding it. Consumers want more out of their program. So it's something Katie and I talk about every week. How do we find the right fit, the right partner to drive people to our properties, but also understand that we can't serve all of their needs. Mm -hmm. But if we're doing it, if we are their no pun intended, their choice, (laughs) and we can certainly create an environment where they're happy, but then we got to reward them for it. And we got to treat their data with respect and we got to talk to them with relevant offers, et cetera. So, so all those things are happening because of technology, but it's also happening because consumers are saying, I want more out of my business with you. That's a great thing for the industry. To be able to take our program and bring it to life beyond the hotel. And, you know, you create that loyalty, you create that relationship, because as you said, Steve, we're making them understand that we, we get it. We get that they want to have other options other than while they do want to stay at properties, but how can we create that differentiated experience by giving them more options and not just at the property level? And that's, that's really Sasha, the difference between rewards and loyalty and engagement. If you do it right, if all three happen, I'm engaged with you, I become loyal to you, and I get rewarded for those first two things. But like every other thing, it takes a very long time to build loyalty, and it takes a matter of minutes or seconds, depending on who you are, to hurt that loyalty. And again, you know, it's, it's a unique situation now. We've never experienced this in our lives. We hopefully will never experience it again. But the pandemic has cha- changed how everybody looks at things now how everybody looks at behavior, how everybody looks at engagement, how everybody looks at loyalty. And so it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. That's really interesting, especially about um, basically finding those partnerships that create an ecosystem that reinforce each other. 
that meets the customer's needs that a single partner couldn't on their own. Correct. Without friction. And I think that's the core thing. Katie and I literally, we talk about this every week. It's how do we make it as frictionless for the consumer and as frictionless for the frontline staff so that the staff doesn't have to do 50 things to get the customer to do one. Mm -hmm. Let's make it as simple as possible. Let's make it as straightforward as possible, but let's do it with the best interests of the member, the business and the program at heart. If we, if we think about those three constituents, it all works beautifully. But again, three legs of a stool works. Two legs on a stool doesn't work very well. No, that's a good point that the frontline staff is the first point of contact for the consumer with the brand. And it's really in their hands, you know, how that experience goes. So I guess what can hotel operators do to, you know, get those frontline staff to A, build that loyalty, give that service, and also to drive signups? So as a person who worked uh, at the front desk many years ago, uh, I have to say, Make it as easy as possible, because just as much as we want it to be easy on our customer, it needs to be easy for the frontline teams as well. Um, And then offer incentives and and programs and contests, you know, nothing uh, wrong with a little bit of competition amongst the team, but get them involved, you know, create something that is special that no one else can offer in the sense where you, you get them engaged into the program, living it, breathing it so that when they're selling it to someone else, it's genuine and it's honest. And that will make the difference in getting them involved, showing them that they also can earn as well and showing what the benefits are. Yeah, and I, and I think the other part of it, which is why I'm really glad we're doing this podcast today, Sasha, uh, education and support. So, so there's a couple parts to that. On the education front, it's talking about why is it important? It's reinforcing why is it important to the business? And you can use gas as a great sort of equalizer. Everybody understands you pull up to the intersection, you see four gas stations, depending on what part of the country you're in, it's either $1.60 a liter or $2.10, whatever it is. All four stations are exactly the same. So everybody does the math really quick. How much gas do I have in my tank and how urgent is it for me to fill up? Who's offering what I'm going to need? Do they have a car wash? Do they have a C-store? Whatever it might be. And, and very often down the road, it could be loyalty. What points do I earn? What am I getting for? So if we're doing education for the frontline staff on consumers have choice, that's great. But it's also about the right marketing, the right branding on the website, the right technology and capabilities. So it's really a dual responsibility of, I'll call it head office and sort of the, the umbrella organization to build the right program. It's the responsibility of the property owners to be able to reinforce it. It's the responsibility of the staff to be able to support it. And where it all works really well is fantastic. But remember, it's not the consumer's job to remind you that they're part of a loyalty program. It's your job to remind them that you've got a great loyalty program. Thank you for staying. But they still booked with you because of location, because of price, because of a bunch of other things. So loyalty and rewards can become a great differentiator, but it doesn't stand alone. It's just part of the equation. And sometimes a smile and a thank you is the best loyalty program. If I can tout my favorite thing that, uh, that we have in place at Choice is the fact that we've brought forward an ambassador program for the property level. This is a really big deal and significant for me is the fact that it creates that buy-in. It creates that awareness and education. Uh, there are feature months for the ambassadors so that they're aware 
of the offering and the features and the benefits. And to your point, Steve, talking about what it means for the business, not just for the customer. And um, to be able to have people who support that kind of program and wrap their arms around it, as we've seen, uh, is really rewarding because clearly it makes a difference and it makes people feel something. I know I keep on talking about that, but it's that emotion that makes a difference. And to see them excited, to see how they rally around it, even during a pandemic, that's something that's important. And it makes education a lot easier. It's contagious because everyone gets excited about it. Oh, definitely. And, you know, obviously there are levers that us at corporate head office can pull when it comes to the website, when it comes to sort of the digital advertising, but on a property level for an owner or GM, how can they leverage digital media and social media to build loyalty when a guest isn't at the property? Well, I, I think there's a, it's a great question. I think there's a couple of things. So, so digital media and social media are very different things, right? So social media is making sure that they've always got the right messaging and reinforcing the brand, whether it's on their Facebook page, Twitter, in, uh, Instagram, whatever else it could be. Digital media, I, I'm still stunned when I walk into a property and I don't see the property leveraging the digital media of the same thing that every hotel has everywhere in the world, which is the first thing that you look at when you walk into a room, right? Second thing, you look at the view and then you pick up the remote and turn on the TV. How do you leverage all those capabilities, either signage in the lobby, uh, digital media on the, on the TV screen, and I'm simplifying it, but the app to the Facebook page to the, to the TV, it's reinforcing the message. And it's a simple thing. I'll just give you one quick example. Uh, I traveled recently and I stayed in a property. And for one week, they had my name spelled wrong on the, on the TV screen. I asked the first night that I was there to change my name. And they never changed my name. And I was not a happy guy for a week because I saw my name was spelled wrong on the TV screen every single day. So digital media is a great vehicle, but it can go wrong. So you got to measure it. You got to monitor it. You got you to think about what, it's, what purpose it's trying to serve. And you got to refresh it. You can't have reruns of Cheers running all the time. You got to refresh it a lot. So um, I, I think it's a very powerful tool, but it's just one of the pieces in the toolbox. And you need to always spell the customer's name right. <laughs> always spell the customer's name right. And if you can't spell it right, don't put it on the screen. I was very unhappy. It's, it's a good um, reminder that sometimes it's like the smallest thing that just leaves a bad taste in your mouth after your experience with the brand. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. It was a very little thing. And if I hadn't asked about it and they didn't change it, I wouldn't worry. I asked three times and they never changed. And I made sure on checkout that I told them. Made sure on checkout. Of course, my wife at her was just shaking her head, but I did make sure. So, listen, it's we always have to put ourselves in the in the eyes of the consumer, and if a consumer is treated well, they're they're your greatest ambassadors. The problem is the ones who are treated well are never the ones that write the reviews. It's the other ones. You can't treat everybody perfectly, but your loyalty program as a thank you, even as an opportunity that, God forbid, there is a bad experience. If you don't have a loyalty program, how are you going to say we're sorry? I flew, I got a thank you from the airline, and they gave me $100. I would have been way happier with 10,000 points. But that's just me. Well, I did want to bring up um, one of the uh, items that we had talked about previously, which was what seems to be uh, the most attractive 
uh, piece for the frequent traveler? What kind of offers? So from our perspective and from what I've seen, bonus offers, expedited rewards. A lot of people like things instantly in their hands right away. Being able to offer something like that and variety, a huge amount of variety for the member is crucial. Um, so just wanted to bring that up because obviously exclusive deals, it's that feeling of, you know, you're in the lineup and then all of a sudden somebody says, oh, you're a platinum member. And you're kind of like, excuse me, I'm just going to walk over here. People still like that. And I think it's important. We have to acknowledge it because they've done something to achieve that status. So making sure that each and every time we thank them for their business, genuinely, uh, it makes a difference. It does. And you already do that really well. You've got your the tiers within your program. So as somebody gets promoted to tiers, you've got to understand that they got there because of their loyalty. If their tiers, if they're waning on their tiers or they haven't been staying with you and you can communicate with them, you've got a bit of leverage on how you're going to use your tiers. But to Katie's point, it's sometimes, and you said this too, Sasha, it's sometimes the little things. It's really leveraging the understanding that everybody's different. One size does not fit all. If you give people an opportunity to choose something, please deliver on that. And, and if you're thinking through and seeing a behavioral change, leverage your data and leverage your loyalty program to figure it out. And, and the other thing I would say for every loyalty program out there, take the suggestions from the frontline staff on ways to improve things. Because whether it's a retailer or a hospitality or an airline or a bank, it doesn't matter. The frontline staff get all of the news, sometimes good, sometimes bad. So take some of their recommendations. You can't implement everything, but encourage it. Encourage feedback, encourage support, and acknowledge what you've done to address it because they're the ones hearing about it from the customers. It's not Katie back at head office, it's Mary who works in your location in Thunder Bay or whatever it might be. So it's really important to take frontline support, frontline recommendations, and at least acknowledge it. You may not be able to implement everything, but at least acknowledge it. Thank you very much for your time, Steve. Where can our listeners find you or follow you? The loyaltyandco.com is our website, quite active on LinkedIn. I'm not a big Twitter guy, Instagram, or Facebook guy, unless you want to see pictures of my dog. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Development Insights with Choice Hotels Canada. You can find the show notes in the description of this episode. For information about Choice Hotels brands and franchise opportunities, please visit choicehotelsdevelopment.com.